Testing one two, testing one two. A one two, a one two three four. One two three four, one two three four. Skidoo ba 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 ba. You gonna need to get in closer than that, boo boo. Skidoo ba ba ba. Welcome to Too Many Flicks. Too Many Flicks with the two and an X at the end. That's right. I'm the, Ben. My name is Ian. <laughs> oh boy, you want to take that back? I don't know. I'm Ben. My name is Earl. <laughs> nope, that's a TV show. Who, who's Earl? That It was a... Uh, crap, the Crap Man. I was, right? Oh, Crap Man. Yeah. Oh man, God, he was just the most the most wholesome. He was little guy, good. wasn't he? It was a good dude. That was a good show. It was a good show. It was very, it was cute. Yeah, Earl was a Scientologist, but was he really in the yeah, show? Yeah, not in the show. Oh, the that guy. Would, that would have oh, been a oh. very different show. <laughs> oh, but the guy who plays Earl. Yeah, is it? Is he still a Scientologist? I don't know what he's up to. I don't oh. think anybody does. Oh, poor That's guy. A... That kind of probably ruined the show, huh? I, I'm sure it was very weird on set. Well, I'm Ben, and I'm. <laughs> Ian. And this is Too Many Flags. That's right. The number two and the letter X. Woo! This episode 14, y'all. 14. We said we were going to stop numbering the episodes to ourselves, but oh, I, I think we're on board. But we're we're riding high at 14, baby. 14. We did say that. And you know what? We <laughs> lied. We lied to, <laughs> to ourselves. <laughs> this is the epi- best millennial pastime. Right. This episode, I'm whatever be you want to be. I can have whatever job I want. Yeah, I can whatever, do whatever I want. Whatever. I, we do whatever. We're going to live forever. Forever. <laughs> Until the world ends in about 12 years. All right. Uh, let's get it into uh, some tasty trailers. Mm. Mm. Ian, you want to kick us off here? That's right, baby. We starting, we swinging right into Spider-Man Far From Home. They just got us a full-fledged trailer, uh, a little spoiler-laden. <laughs> Not really. There's like one spoiler, and I fucking guessed it like before Endgame even came out. But to stay on topic, it releases in theaters July 2nd. It's directed by John Watts, and it stars Tom Holland, Zendaya, Jake Gyllenhaal, John Favreau, Samuel Jackson, and so many more. The synopsis, Peter Parker and his friends go on a European vacation, where Peter finds himself agreeing to help Nick Fury uncover the mystery of several elemental creature attacks, creating havoc across the continent. Oh man, so Spider-Man is my favorite fucking superhero, and I gotta say, Tom Holland is is just a, a fucking gem, you know? Yeah, he he's is. he's just a gem of a young man. Yep, he's like a scone, because he's from the UK and they're delicious. But I'm I'll not saying he's delicious. Well, he's del- yeah, I guess. He's delicious. Yeah, I'm comfortable with myself to say Tom That's Holland's right. <laughs> he's a delicious little man. He's just a treat. Just a little treat. It's frosted, and I don't know what. Scone. I don't know if he's frosted. That's there's a scone. They frosted. They frosted scones. Anyway, back. <laughs> oh man, we are so culturally in touch. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> this is excellent. This is great. Right. Uh, so Ben, what what's some of your takeaways from this trailer? What did you see that was new? Uh, what sparked intrigue for you? Uh, the fact that spoiler alert that he might try to take on. Yeah. 
This is spoil. We're we're heading into the yes. singular spoiler that the trailer reveals. So if you want to, I don't know, skip about like a minute ahead, or just skip this segment the altogether. The movie's made two billion dollars. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Right. Right. Uh, spoiler out the way. Here we go. Yeah, out the way. Iron Man is dead, and Peter Parker feels the need to fill that void, and it really shows because Tony Stark was a mentor to Peter Parker. So it's a lot of weight on him. That really hit home like um, immediately as the trailer began you're like oh yeah this happened like oh yeah right this takes me back to a movie i just saw yeah and it's very interesting it's a lot of interesting tidbits they're perhaps a multiverse maybe mysterio is lying we don't know i really like his costume design yeah jake gyllenhaal as mysterio looks amazing it looks really cool i'm intrigued he, he's doing a lot of magic stuff that looks like doctor strange which a lot of people have talked about and i'm like oh okay maybe he is a wizard maybe he's not just an illusionist so so for further reference in the comic books he's just an illusionist he's alliance mysterio mysterio yes he's a lying talking piece of shit who, who who is really wormy and sleazy and will do anything he can to make himself appear as a hero but he really isn't so a lot of the things that he can meet that He's saying shouldn't be taken at face value so we don't know which makes this trailer even more intriguing Ian, what do you think about this yeah so that's something that stuck out to me was that Nick Fury introduces Spider-Man to Mysterio and is like, yo, this guy's here to fucking help us. And I that that was the biggest surprise right. to me. I was like, oh shit, I thought they were just gonna have sort of a clandestine meeting and they would begin to work with each other from there. But no, Nick Fury's like on the game. He's there, he's, he's, he introduces them and says, this is the problem. We need to sort this out. And this Mysterio guy seems to have it together. We gotta go to alternate dimensions and shit. Right. Something else that uh, really caught my eye was that this film seems like it's going to focus on deepening the relationship between Peter Parker and MJ. Zendaya hopefully will be featured more prominently because I think that she's really fun and great. I love what they're doing with the Mary Jane character. She's also not dumb. She knows that he's Spider-Man. He's, he goes <laughs> to tell her how he feels and she's like, I know, you're fucking Spider-Man, dude. Like, Yeah, we get it. I know. We get it. You came to Europe and all of a sudden Spider-Man was in Europe. I'm not a fucking dingus. <laughs> right. Which is brilliant. I also love and got really excited to see the stealth Spider-Man suit. He's in this all black suit that I, I think, I don't remember, I didn't read that comic book, but I've played a few video games where that Spider-Man is, is featured and I'm excited to see the capabilities of that suit because we see, we see Spider-Man use in the very beginning to thwart some sort of robbery. He uses the suit that Stark gives him right. that has the spider legs. It's robotic. It looks Iron Man-esque, which is where that comparison comes from. But I'm excited to see what this stealth suit does because it just looks fucking badass. It looks like Splinter Cell, doesn't it? It does. Oh right. my God. He, this is this is Peter Fisher. Peter Sam Parker. <laughs> I am here for this. Yeah, it looks really cool. I love the, the outfits that he is like three different when he has his OG one, then he has the iron suit, then he has the stealth iron what Spider-Man suit, which does appear in the comics a few times. And I'm intrigued. This looks really awesome. Apparently it was in a uh, comic book involving the Secret Wars, but we can get into that later. Maybe we'll have a separate podcast about comics or something. I don't know. We'll fight. We'll figure it if I yeah. Anyway, but uh, yeah, the trailer alone looks really promising. It looks great. I hear that it might be the ending of Phase 3, but it looks to me like the beginning of Phase 4. So they might be lying about that. That's what, I, that's what I've been hearing from everybody is that this is going to be the film that sets up the next 
whole arc for Marvel and their cinematic universe. And I think that the Far From Home in Europe is a misdirect, especially now that they're talking about going to other dimensions or universes Ooh, and yeah. shit. Mm -hmm. Europe, in comparison to an entirely different universe, is really not that far from home. Like, we might see Spider-Man going into some interdimensional shit oh, here. Oh, wow, yeah. So I, th I think that it's sort of a misdirect that they send him to Europe, you Yeah, know? yeah, that, that's a good... Uh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Holy shit, that's the... Freshest take on this that I've heard, I think. That was Amazing. that was what immediately jumped out as soon as they started talking about interdimensional or alternative timeline travel or something. I was like, Spider-Man is going to go hopefully somewhere unrecognizable or something. Just some... Wow. I don't know. I think I think that's going to be the, sort of the twist to it, that Europe is just what? a misdirect. And don't you love the Spider-Man OG theme at the end? Oh my god, it's so good! <laughs> it's so good! Right, yeah, it's great. I hope eventually that this leads to, like, maybe a crossover between the previous Spider-Mans we've seen, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, and uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. That would be... When, how awesome would that be? <laughs> just an old Tobey Maguire, just like, oh, it's you! <laughs> Now we're now we're getting into into the Spider Verse. Yeah, we are. We are. We which are. I am okay with. That's my favorite Spider Man thus far. Right, far yeah. from home has a has a tall task. A tall task. It probably won't meet it, but it'll be fun. It'll be. Fa I think it'll be fantastic. I, think I it don't will be think too. that it will uproot into the Spider Verse as my favorite Spider Man film. But I think that Homecoming was a fantastic reimagining. It was. And I, you know, Kevin Feige and the Marvel team, they, they've, they've got their characters figured out. And I think that we can expect to see Tom Holland's Spider-Man only get better. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be that marvelous Spider-Man movie coming down the line. I can just feel it. I know it's happening. So uh, with that being said, he is in Europe now, but he's American made. That's right. Which brings us to American Woman. <laughs> the lyrics, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was good, though. Thank was, you. It had some soul to it. Thank you. I appreciate it. American Woman comes out June the 14th. It's directed by Jake Scott. Starring Christina Hendricks, Sienna Miller, Aaron Paul, and Alex Neustetter. Okay, so the description goes a little like this. In a small blue-collar town in Pennsylvania, a 32-year-old woman's teenage daughter goes missing, and she is left to raise her infant grandson alone. I tell you what, this is a captivating trailer. A lot of acting's going on in here. A lot of acting with the K's going on with here. Not necessarily... <laughs> A bad thing, but you, you see, they're putting in some work. They're like, it's look, very dramatic. Yeah, they're like, we want we want some awards for this. Um, I believe Sienna Miller is the lead. She is, yeah. She plays the mother. She's fantastic. She definitely looks like she's taking care of her beats. She's in the moment, living the, the true experience here. It's people are heaping a lot of praise on her for this. They're saying yeah. it's a career high. Yeah, um, you can definitely tell she's done a lot of research. I feel for her as soon as she's on screen. She's like, I, my daughter, she's out to be out there. She's She's desperate and you can tell in all of her actions, all of the beats, all of her moments. I, I enjoyed this for what it was. I don't know if I could see this multiple times, but that's just me. I just know it's gonna be heavy. Ian, what do you think? So it's a mystery that unfolds over the course of 11 years. It looks like we will get to see how the disappearance and loss affects Miller's character and how that might affect her family dynamics. There's a lot of great juxtaposition of images between a woman walking down an empty road in the middle of the night and looking defeated and heartbroken and some very joyous and happy imagery of a wedding and a first dance. So I, I think that this will be a great character film that has a solid mystery behind it. We watched the whole town sort of get behind the search efforts to try and find the, the daughter, the missing daughter. 
I think that you're right. I think that this is this is gonna movie that's gonna it's gonna take something out of you. You're gonna watch it and you're gonna leave the theater and you most likely will be impressed, but also you you might want to just get like pre prepare yourself to get some ice cream or something. Dude, treat yourself afterwards, man. Because right. this this doesn't look like you're gonna leave the theater happy. I'm I'm willing to bet that at the end of the eleven years we find out the sad the mystery the mystery is sad. It's a sad mystery. It's a sad. This is not. Avengers Endgame. <laughs> You're not gonna be like, yeah, amazing. You'd definitely be like, oh wow, Jesus, I need to reevaluate my life and my choices yeah. as a human ass being. <laughs> I am excited to see Aaron Paul on the big screen. Yeah, he he wasn't like Need for Speed. Yeah, but but that didn't we shouldn't well. talk about that. We should. <laughs> That's something that should never be mentioned anywhere by anyone. Right. So hopefully this is a new kickstart for him but yeah i look forward to this this is again a a summer movie which is slightly confusing you would think that it would be pushed to like the fall or winter release but maybe they're just confident maybe they were like this is the timeline we have we just want to get it out and we're confident it's going to remain in a lot of moviegoer and critics minds toward the fall it could be that they want to fill the niche of gritty character dramas in mm. the vacuum that is summer blockbusters and that's why they chose this date but I do think it's interesting that a movie like this is releasing in summer because generally when it looks this Oscar baity, you want it released later in the year towards the winter months because that is generally when the heavy hitting Oscar contenders tend to release. I don't know, we'll, we'll have to see. Do you think, the, this is my theory, perhaps the movie in itself is okay, but the performances are- um that, that That's very likely. It did release at a film festival and currently sits at about 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. You know, you have to take all that with a grain of salt, but there are, there are no audience reviews. It's all critics based at this point. We'll have to see what happens when it gets the wide release. That being said, pretty much unanimously, everyone is saying that Sienna Miller is worth the ticket price alone. So, crushing, doing her thing. Good, good for her. Yeah, that's amazing. All right, I guess you know we all have to walk before we crawl. I think it's the other way. We have to crawl. Yeah, we have to. You have to walk before you run. But I, I bet you. I'll bet you. Yeah. I'll bet you what. <laughs> When, when I'm when crawl. I'm done watching this movie, and the you gotta walk before you crawl. Sometimes you so do, you, you know. So you can <laughs> you hit your head, and you're like, "Shit, I was pretty yeah. bold. Maybe I should just crawl for a little On bit." On planet Gleepglorp, where the gravity is different, you have to walk before you crawl. <laughs> oh man! Which brings us to our next movie. <laughs> Crawl! Crawl releases July 12th. It's directed by Alexandre Aja, and it's starring Kaya Scodelario, Barry Pepper, Morphid Clark, and Ami Metcalf. A young woman, while attempting to save her father during a Category 5 hurricane, finds herself trapped in a flooding house and must fight for her life against alligators. <laughs> Deadass. Deadass I did not read Spoiler that description alert. before. <laughs> you typed the description. I, <laughs> no, I just, I copied and pasted. And I was like, yeah, whatever the description. I did not read it in detail. <laughs> now I'm just cracking up. Deadass though. No one wins in a fight against alligators. <laughs> no, it's a fucking alligator. Listen to the Floridians, all right? Yeah, these people are not from Florida. <laughs> They're like, yo, you could totally fucking beat, I don't know, Ian. <laughs> well, I can tell you the director's French. So there's, yeah. I don't think they have alligators in France. I don't know. <laughs> Though. I don't. But I can tell you what, being from Florida, the first thing you learned is you don't fucking fight the alligators. You zigzag run. First, yeah, and first of all, you don't survive a category five hurricane. Also, yes. <laughs> you really, yeah, you really don't. You evacuate. That being said, for some reason, her dad didn't. I don't know. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's his time. Maybe that's natural selection, huh? Did you think of that? 
I'm not gonna feel for them. Floridians are not gonna feel for these people at all. Anyone no. else would be like, oh my god, I can't. I mean, like, evacuate, motherfucker. You Get the fuck out. You should have been evacuated, nigga. Like, <laughs> category three, sure, I'll throw a hurricane party. Yeah. yeah. Category five. You know how much it takes <laughs> to get to a fucking cat five? Uh, yeah, your house is going to be demolished and you inside. Like This shit is fucking twister on cocaine. Right, you fucking idiots. So, your thoughts on the trailer? <laughs> my, my thoughts on the trailer is that in the first 30 seconds, she gets grabbed by an alligator <laughs> and somehow still has her leg. You don't get grabbed by a gator and come away with your limbs. Have you seen those things do a death roll? I saw a gator rip another fucking gator's arm off in a video from doing a death yeah. you, you dead. You, you dead. And these alligators are overpowered and super duper fucking smart. Like, more so than the alligators we're aware of. But yet they can't take a limb from this fucking chick at all. I gotta see how she gets out of it. We don't see how she gets out of it. Maybe there's some stroke of luck or some shit. I don't know. It's a shot with her and the, the arm in the gator's mouth. She has a gun and she and her arm is still there. The, the, nope, I refuse to believe. <laughs> that being said, I think we need to contextualize this movie a little bit, and I think that we do that by looking at the director, Alexandre Aja. So he's from France. I did a little research into his background and his filmography. He's actually directed a few films that have really stuck out over the years in the pop culture landscape, specifically The Hills Have Eyes, High Tension, which was a French foreign film. That was so, it starts off as a fantastic horror film and it has probably one of the worst twists in movie history. Like there's a lot of good video essays. I'm not gonna dissect it here because I don't wanna spoil the twist for you, but go watch, it's, it's a good film up until like the last five minutes. Mm -hmm. And then he also directed horror with Daniel Radcliffe, Ooh, like which was really good. Yeah. It's really creative and inventive. So all of his films sort of have thematically a dark, gritty, gross thing going on. So I think we can expect that from this. Sam Raimi is a producer, so I think we can expect a little irreverence, maybe a la Evil Dead style. That being said, yeah, you're really gonna have to, you have a lot of convincing to do for me to believe that all these characters don't die in the first five minutes and the next hour 30 is just gators <laughs> swimming around. <laughs> This might be a miss for him, but again, he's got the background for it potentially to be a hit. And I don't know, we may be like some rich character piece. A rich character piece, sure. Yeah. Maybe the gators have a soliloquy at the end. <laughs> I ate her. God, I, I ate her. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I was hungry. She, she got in my space and she tasted like chicken. I ate her. To eat or not to eat. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. That, 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 yeah, I think it's creative, you know? Uh, <laughs> that's probably the most grounded thing that I could say about it is this looks creative. Yeah, this shit look dumb as hell. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. I like, I like the people involved, but I just, again, maybe another trailer will show us something different. Maybe once we actually watch it, we'll be like, oh, this is great. It looks creative. I agree. Right. S setting aside the unrealisticness yes. of these people actually being able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with fucking alligators, <laughs> right. they, they do a good job of setting up the stakes in the trailer. That there's, is true. There's, like, they, there's a, a time crunch. There's a physical threat. There's a dog that's drowning at one point, and it's probably gonna get eaten. We probably ain't gonna see this oh, doggy live. Poor lid. doggy, poor doggy. You know what? That dog still got treated better than Ghost in Game of Thrones. Damn. Pet the damn dog, John! Damn, Pet John. the damn dog! Damn, John! Damn it, John! And fuck Bran. He ain't doing shit, never done shit. <laughs> Sitting there. <laughs> okay, well that leads us to our next segment, Flix News. 
This just in. Backtracks to read all about it. Flicks news, motherfucker. So this bit of news is my favorite bit of news. It's super exciting. What do you think, Ian? I think it's the, uh, the dopest dope you ever smoked. Dope as hell. So, fresh from playing the African Warrior King Black Panther in Avengers Endgame, Chadwick Boseman has officially aligned himself to play Yazuke, the first African samurai to swing a sword in Japan. Now, a little information about Yazuke, not super detailed. If you want to learn more about him, his name is spelled Y-A-S-U-K-E. Please look him up in great detail, but I'm gonna give you a brief summary of his life. I think just real quick, I think that's what's really cool about this is that this is an actual historical event that happened. This is based on a real story. This is, this real is not as just fuck. some random fictitious creation of a screenwriter. This actually happened. Yeah, and he's badass as hell. And the mysterious nature around his history it makes him even cooler. Yeah, he's literally a legend. This dude is a, a legend. legend. So he arrived in Japan around fi- the 1500s, like 1579, I believe. He eventually started working for Oda Nobunaga, who was a warlord at that time. And he served under him for a great deal. He was one of his badass like lieutenants. And everyone feared this guy who was fucking amazing and cool as shit. Nobunaga eventually died and he was captured by another warlord who pretty much called him an animal, which is despicable and disgusting, and said, since he's an animal, he shouldn't be killed. So he was sent to like some church in Kyoto, which is a city in Japan. And after that, no one knows what the fuck happened to him. They don't even know if he was sent to the church. He just mysteriously disappeared as he mysteriously came to Japan. A legend. A fucking legend. Yeah, he's supposed to be one of the most fearsome warriors that fought for Oda. It's, uh, I'm excited to see just what this story is. Yeah, of course it's a biopic about (laughs) a black man and Chadwick Boseman is playing him because that's in his contract. He has to play every African-American man ever. Or African man. It doesn't matter. Whatever. I don't know who his agent is, but they're fucking doing some fantastic work. Yeah, they... This dude's a household name. Like, I can't turn a corner without hearing Chadwick Boseman. I think we're on episode number 14. I feel like at least seven out of these 14 episodes, we have had to say Chadwick Boseman's name in some capacity. Yep. (laughs) That's the testament to how big of a name he is. After he was T'Challa, that skyrocketed him even more than where he was. And he was already in the stratosphere so like there you go yep and he's playing a fucking badass this will cement cement him as an action star too Uh, i think you're right yeah i mean i don't know who's gonna play nobu uh nobunaga but I'm looking forward to this cast around him, just awesome people of color surround, like supporting, like this could be a great ally movie, just like how people of colors can support each other, uplift one another and see value in one another. And I think that's really cool. And I cannot fucking wait. And this is awesome. These are the stories that we have been waiting for as minorities. There's an, there are so many of these stories out there, like the richest man in the entire world, literally the richest person to ever walk this earth was Mansa Musa. He lived in fucking Africa and he owned just about every fucking thing and he was a black man so why aren't these stories being told i'm happy that this story is being told because it's influenced a lot of other stories that we may not even think about i can't wait ian what do you think i'm excited there are very very few details about this production i think you're right this is a fantastic opportunity to show that white centric stories aren't the only stories that need to be told there are plenty of stories outside of the realm of what we're taught in our history books that it, it it's astounding just how little you learn about other cultures in school at least 
the school that I went to. I'm excited to see this. I'm excited to learn more about this project. It's, so far, there, there are so few details. All we know is that Bozeman will be playing the lead and that the story purportedly revolves around him gaining Nobunaga's trust and their friendship and their bonding that happens and his rise to the title of samurai. I have no idea what to expect except great things. Yeah, I think once they attached a legitimate director, hopefully someone of Asian descent, of Japanese descent, hopefully, to really capture and embody that time. And obviously, I think they will cast accordingly. Nothing but praise for this move. Great on everyone's part. Great on the studio's part. Great on the actor's part. Let's keep it going. Keep it going. As far as keeping it going, let's keep this Flix News train a-strolling. A and what you got for us? Choo-choo! The train is moving, and we are moving to... Disney. Disney dropping their release dates for the next seven years. <laughs> Oh boy. This is this is wild. We we have a list of projects that spans I, I had not expected anything like this. Disney clearly has some big plans. I'm curious to see just how solidified this released list stays. Something that a lot of people noticed upon the release of these dates was that the reported Gambit movie that was supposed to star Channing Tatum is very obviously absent. So there's a good <laughs> chance that that will never happen. Thank God. It was it, like interesting. I get it. You who, who you, you think of superheroes and their super cut bodies. Who would be like who would be good to be in a superhero movie, movie with a cut body? For Channing sure. Tatum. You I'm know? surprised he hasn't been in one. That's that's uh, yeah that's it surprises me. But at the same time, I don't know how you're going to tell Gambit's story. Eh. Yeah. So, some things that stuck out to me from this list, we can expect a Bob's Burgers movie? What? Yeah, Bob's Burgers is getting a movie. Wow. I think, I need to double check, but if I'm not mistaken, it's supposed to release in 2020. They do own Fox now. They can do that. Yeah. July 17th of 2020, we can expect the Bob's Burgers movie. There's, there's three more Star Wars movies that they have lined up. None of them are titled, so we don't know what they pertain to, but we're looking at a 2022 release, a 2024 release, and a 2026 release. So this could potentially be another trilogy in the Star Wars universe. It seems... You know, you have three movies yes, evenly definitely. spaced two years apart. Sounds like they're gearing up for another trilogy. It could either be Ryan Johnson's trilogy, potential trilogy, or the Benioff and Weiss trilogy, the guys who did Game of Thrones. Apparently, oh, there are yeah. two trilogies in the works, so fuck. Goodness gracious. That's a lot. Another another big thing, somehow, I don't know how. I don't know how this is going to come to be. I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> but there are five Avatar movies. Why? Five. Why so many? Why? I, I don't know. No. Do we need five avatars? Three is fine. If you did, you, if you tell me it's a trilogy, I'd be like, okay, whatever. That makes See, sense. And that's the thing. It's not even two additional avatar movies. We will, by the end of 2027, have six Avatar-related movies. Fucking shit. That's, again, that's if this release timeline stays set in stone. They've, they've already put it out there, so they have some guns to stick to. Like, they need to get behind this. But who knows? Maybe things will change. Maybe if Avatar 2, whatever that shapes up to be, bombs horribly, they will reconsider and try to find other projects to fill those slates. I'm going to call it here on this podcast. Avatar 2 will bomb. I do not think it's gonna make nearly as much money as the first one. It's been too long. It's been too long. It was an anomaly, an anomaly from the first go around. The, it well, had, it was so cutting edge it when was it cutting first edge. came out. That's part of what 
that's what really drew people in. How cutting edge is it now? That's the thing. We got to see if James Cameron comes up with right. some new technological gimmick. Fucking the Russo brothers brought a purple fucking alien dude. It made him look real as shit. You tell me, oh, wait, James Cameron has something out of his back pocket. I'm going to need to see the shit out of that. Yeah, no, yeah. you're right. Maybe you're right. we have... Maybe he does VR or some shit and gives it everyone a VR experience. We get our first 4D movie that's not at Universal or something. Right. It, my thing is he just took too long. I did, but James Cameron should not be doubted. So he's probably going to make me eat these fucking words. We'll see. We'll see. This is interesting. I haven't heard anything about this, but we're getting an untitled Kingsman movie February 14th of 2020. Perhaps the prequel that they were talking about. Oh, please give me yep. a movie just with Colin Firth being a goddamn Kingsman. I want it. Are the King's Speech. It's a crossover. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Little did we know what is right. it? King George was a yeah. <laughs> super spy all along. <laughs> There's plenty of other tasty tidbits to pick apart in this. There... There's dozens, dozens of titles that they released and dozens of franchises that are mentioned if their movies aren't titled. We just know that they're getting released. Like, we can expect an untitled Disney animation movie, November 25th. There's a West Side Story remake happening that comes yeah. out December 18th of 2020. There's something called Jungle Cruise. What the fuck is that? <laughs> what is Jungle Cruise? I don't know. What could that possibly be? We're getting an Artemis Fowl movie in That's, May 29th of 2020. Cool. That could that be very, could be very cool. cool. There's there's a lot to dissect here. People are going to be combing through, trying to find all sorts of clues, I imagine. Yeah, this is uh, the first step to world domination for Disney. If you, if you look at the lists, specifically 2021, 2022, there's like a dozen, there's a dozen projects per year. They, they, per, they permeate the whole year. There will not be a month that we don't see Disney slash 20th Century Fox releasing a, a title. This is this is crazy. Yeah, they're just gearing up to, like we say, take over the world. Yeah. They will probably purchase or buy out another studio really soon. Get ready for that. I bet you it's going to be something like Legendary Pictures. It wouldn't surprise me at all. It would yeah. not. They're everywhere. And it's kind of scary, kind of awesome, but very scary. It's... It, it, <laughs> It is a double-edged sword right? because a lot of their projects have been on point recently. They have right. some good creative teams, but also monopolies and the potential for that to become propaganda or be controlled, et cetera, yep. et cetera. Yeah, it's... I don't know how to feel. Neither do I. I guess we'll just leave it at that and go into our next segment. First issue. It's a bird. It's a plane. Oh, no, 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 it's just first issue. All right, our first item and first issue is New Mutants has a release date of April the 3rd of 2020. And Dark Phoenix comes out later this year. So the X-Men series is limping towards the finish line. Ian, I got a question for the both of us. Shoot. How do you think this will affect X-Men moving forward in the MCU? And what are our thoughts on the X-Men Fox universe as a whole. How has it been? This is, the Dark Phoenix apparently is gonna be the last one. Well, maybe New Mutants is, who fucking knows? We don't know, it's so, it's so chaotic right now, but 
the X-Men went owned by Fox. How do you feel? How, how does that sound to you? Did you enjoy these films as a whole? Are you ready for a new chapter? You ready for MCU to take over? What do you think? So my feelings are this. I think I liked First Class. I enjoyed right. it. Days of Future Past was entertaining. I watched some of Apocalypse. I didn't finish it. I hope that Dark Phoenix does better. I cannot wait for Marvel to get their hands back on their property. I watched a great video the other day where the blogger, the vlogger, I guess you'd call him a vlogger, talked about how Marvel just understood their characters and they were able to write better stories for those characters because of it. I think it's a huge loss that odds are we will not see Michael Fassbender returning as Magneto if yeah. the X-Men ever do enter the MCU universe, which has been on a lot of people's minds. A lot of people have been voicing that they think that will be the next thing is the Avengers versus the X-Men, which would be cool. That's a great thing. But it's a shame that so many talented actors were used in this iteration of the X-Men that at times just felt hollow, didn't feel super fleshed out or moving or gripping, and that Disney and Marvel essentially have to, I imagine, reboot the entire thing. I will say this, learning about the director wanting to take more of a horror route for New Mutants, I don't personally mind that it's getting pushed back to 2020 if that means that they can do the pickup shots and everything that they want to do to tell the story that they're trying to tell. So if they get it right in New Mutants, I don't mind these delays. The fact that it is getting this delayed and that you have Macy Williams being so outspoken about what a clusterfuck <laughs> the release process has been tells me that I shouldn't get my hopes up. I just, I don't know. Yeah, it's a lot to to think about. It's a lot to deal with. It's a clusterfuck. It's really sad that it's kind of limping to the finish line as a Fox property, but it just goes to show you how important it is that they are back to the MCU, are back with where it seems where it should belong, where people can handle it with care and love and not just to make another buck. Now, there have been some great X-Men movies. Logan was fantastic. Although one could arguably that say that it's not an X-Men movie. Exactly. It, it's so different and it takes place so far out of that realm that yeah one can argue that that's not really an x-men movie x-men days of future past i enjoyed x-men first class was also enjoyable yeah and then you go back to the ones in the early 2000s. You go back there. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, sure. You yeah. go back there. You go back to, like, the first X-Men. I'm like, oh, great. This is awesome. You, As a kid, you're like, yeah, X-Men. But let's all be real here. Hugh Jackman is what gave those movies life. Exactly. It kind of was on his shoulders. He put the team on his back, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. And then X2 was pretty entertaining. And then X3, you're like, okay, what the fuck's happening? I didn't mind X3. I enjoyed it. Right. Again. Two really solid actors playing Xavier and Magneto. They did a great casting job. Yeah, it's just did. such a shame that you won't have these actors. Most likely, I shouldn't say that it won't happen because maybe Kevin Feige pulls some sort of magician trick like he's been doing for the past 11 years. Right. And we see, I just wish that of the four actors who have respectively played Xavier and Magneto, I wish that they could have been under the helm and the wing of Disney and Marvel as a oh, whole. No, just watch them grow and flourish and just make yes. all the money. And be part of a really well-written, true-to-the-source-material story, you right. know? Right. How does Charles Xavier interact with Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark? I, <laughs> like I would love to. That'd be amazing. Amazing, this banter where Xavier's like, shut up. Like, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're going to think about. Right. Just like, you pompous ass. I got your number. <laughs> right. Yeah, also, I think this is why we're not going to see the X-Men for a while in the MCU. Because the fact there's a bad taste in people's mouths with it. 
Well, it could very well go the Spider-Man route because it wasn't yeah. that much of a of a gap between Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland. That's true. Marvel okay. just like struck while they like okay, fuck it. They fucked up. We're gonna do it right while you still have That's that name in your very mind. Very good point. Now Kevin Feige and I think other execs on the record saying you will probably won't see him for the next five years. That could be bullshit. Could be misdirection. They, they always do that, but it wouldn't surprise me. Again, that's a very good point that I didn't think about. The Andrew Garfield, the second um, The Amazing Spider-Man was trash. And they were like, fuck that trash. Fuck that noise. We're mm-hmm. not going to do a fucking origin story again. Spider-Man's been here. like, yep. And we're going to tell you about our version of Spider-Man. So we'll see. The X-Men moving forward. One of my favorite group of heroes out there. I can't wait to see what they do with them. And let's put Dark Phoenix in the past because it looks like trash. But we don't know. It might end up being really good. So I yeah. have to give it that. Right now the trailers aren't doing it for me. But it might be great. And it might be a beautiful send-off. That and the new mutants. We don't know. I will say this. If they are going to do an X-Men reboot under the helm of the MCU, it could very well be 2021 that we see that. Because there are at least, there's one, two, three. There's three untitled Marvel movies for 2021. And 2022, I think, has even more. There's one, two, three, I think four for 2022. So I I would not be surprised. Because that's that's a lot of Marvel movies packed into a two-year span. So that could be an an X-Men movie in there. Especially if people are thinking that that will be phase four of Marvel is the introduction of X-Men and how they fit into the MCU. Do they clash with any of our current heroes? Do they support the current heroes? Who knows? Who knows? That leads us to our next bit of news. Ian, there's another question posed here. Oh, it's me. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, What future MCU movie are you looking forward to the most, Ben? You've seen this new slate. What, uh, what are you excited to see? Or what are you excited to be announced if it hasn't been announced? I'm looking forward to the Doctor Strange movie. I really am. It's supposed to take place, well, obviously in our current MCU, but it's supposed to involve nightmares and that element and how crazy <laughs> that could be. Uh, the nightmare realm. I've- I, I can't wait. That's so cool. I think Doctor Strange is one of the most fascinating heroes. Obviously, Black Panther 2, how they'll deal with that. Killmonger's death. I'm looking forward probably mostly, though, to The Eternals, which is a cosmic, crazy story about gods, pretty much, that look over the Marvel Universe. That's probably my second most anticipated one. The first one, though, would be Shang-Chi, the Kung Fu master himself. And to finally see an, an Asian-led superhero be played out on the big screen, I can't fucking wait. Someone that's not not Iron Fist, like a white savior, <laughs> but someone who actually is of Asian descent and is a fucking superhero. He's the master of Kung Fu. He's the fucking legend in the comic book universe. Can't wait to see him played. I can't wait for them to cast it and for us to finally get a glimpse of it and the script and the production design. I can't wait for it to be celebrated. I think this is my most anticipated one because this also is the beginning of phase four and we'll see where we go from there, which makes it super duper important. In any of these movies, click to you something that that speaks to you that you can't wait to see in the mcu so there's nothing i mean shang chi is definitely up there i am woefully unknowledgeable about a lot of comics i have a very niche set of heroes that I like to pay attention to. I'm I'm just curious to see, like everyone's talking about the Eternals, right? I know I know very little about the Eternals aside from what we did just now talk about. I, I'm excited to see, I want them to, I, I wanna see how Marvel does the X-Men. I think that's what I'm excited to see. Mm, yeah. I want them to get the X-Men in. Cause again, that is a, a small group of heroes whose comics, I didn't read all the comics, but that was 
a set of comics that I had. I had a few X-Men comics that I thoroughly enjoyed as a youngin. And I want, I want a compelling X-Men movie. Just give me, give me one Please. compelling X-Men movie. Do you want them in that, that fucking yellow spandex shit? No. You don't want them? No. <laughs> I mean, I honestly, so I, I trust Marvel. If they decide to go that route and go full-fledged, canon we are in these suits fine i'm about it because you know they will make it they, they will dope it up somehow yeah just don't get wolverine that fucking ugly ass shit i oh hate god that no outfit. not that not that face mask thing. oh my god the, that is one of the worst hero outfits of all time i don't care if you love wolverine <laughs> and love that that shit is terrible it's awful am i wrong I do, I personally don't think you're wrong. I'm it's sure that there gross. are some diehard fans out there that are clutching their pearls and saying it, it was intimidating. And he's what? No, nah. <laughs> I would have been like, nigga, uh, what you trying to do in that? Right. I want De- if he wears that, Deadpool has to roast him the entire oh, yeah. time. Actually, I think that's what I'm most excited for. I'm most excited for Deadpool to arrive in a Marvel film. Oh, you know it's gonna happen. Yeah, I I, I need it. I need it, and I know that he's gonna like. I know that it's gonna be some sort of joke about how he can't swear or he can't like bloodily murder someone on screen because it will be under a Disney helming, but I really want Deadpool to start interacting with the MCU. I can see him murdering a group of bad guys and it cuts away and he cuts back to him. He's like, did you guys check that out? Did you see that? Did you not see that? That was so awesome. They're like, no, what are you talking about? I just killed those guys. (laughs) It was bloody as fuck. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait for that either. Have you have you heard this theory that with Stan Lee's passing, I don't think it's an actual theory. I think this was just a fan wish that I got behind pretty quickly that Deadpool takes over as the observer. I hope so. That I would, would love that. Flame. I would love him to just like have a cameo in every other Marvel movie <laughs> in a, in a silly one-liner or something. <laughs> that, that, I think that works, man. You got to do it. You got to get with it. Come on. There's so much you can do with Stan Lee cameo. Like he's dead. Like, it'd be kind of uncanny to have him, like, CGI Stanley. But apparently they filmed a lot of C- of Stanley stuff before he passed away. That's what I heard as well, movies. yeah. So we don't know. Moving on to our next question, which I will pose here. With the success of Into the Spider-Verse and Venom, do you think Sony will want to exclusively hold on to the Tom Holland Spider-Man rights, or will they extend the deal with Disney? Honestly, I don't think that they have a choice then to extend the deal with Disney. I'm willing to bet, I don't know how the contracts were drawn up, but I'm willing to bet that Tom Holland is contracted by Disney. That would be the smart way to play it, is you find the star power that you want and you hold on to them and get exclusive rights to their performance in the film so that Sony doesn't have much of a choice but to work with Disney. I I think, honestly, I think Sony would be foolish to try and take back Spider-Man after they've seen Marvel knows how to do it. They know how to do it. Venom wasn't a good movie. Venom made money. And that that breaks my heart because I love (laughs) Tom Hardy. Right. But Venom wasn't a good movie. They they should see by now the pattern. Oh, if we just license it out, we still make our money. I don't know, you know? Just do that. The smart move is just to let Disney take control of Peter Parker and Tom Holland's Spider-Man, okay? But you have another Spider-Man in Miles Morales that you can use. That's Go the smartest that. thing is the into the into the Spider-Verse was one of the smartest things that they could have done. Absolutely, yeah. Now you could you also have the potential of a live action Miles Morales movie that can easily compete and you also establish that this is in a different universe than the Peter Parker that we know yep. and love. So so many things you can do with that. 
I really want these studios to start playing nice with each other though. Like you can make so much money if you work fucking together. Imagine Venom in the MCU and you can still have a solo Venom movie. Imagine Carnage and all these other fucking heroes and, and villains being able to swap between fucking worlds. You already established that there's a multiverse. Sony could just be a part of a different multiverse and can go in and go out. Just play nice because there's money on the fucking table when you do. There That's is. the thing, though. I think so long as money is involved, it's going to be two separate studios fighting over who gets the bigger chunk. That's that's what it's going to come down to, because the board of directors for each respective studio, they're going to want the bigger slice of the pie. And that's that's just capitalism. Yeah, and then you have to deal with backlash, too. So say Sony's like, well, we made a lot of money on these fucking movies. We want our fucking Spider-Man back. People are going to be like, really? Then I don't want to fucking watch Spider-Man. Well, I yeah, I honestly I, don't I think that they... I don't think I would want to watch it. I don't think that they'll have the leverage to do that. Right, so... I'm not entirely sure how those rights are divvied up. If anything, I think Venom is an indication of Sony's attitude towards this because in the publicizing in the months leading up to the release of Venom, one of the studio execs behind it flippantly said, oh yeah, Venom is totally part of the MCU and Kevin Feige is on camera doing the interview too and you see him do a double take. Like, we have <laughs> definitely not discussed this and he like, like, he like does that reaction meme where the guy blinks and shakes his head and kind of just goes along with it. Sony surreptitiously tried to make this Venom movie part of the MCU and Feige was there saying, I guess, sure. <laughs> if you want it to be. We should have talked about this, but okay. <laughs> Kevin Feige read his script is like, this nigga ain't gonna be in here. Right, exactly. Hell no. I, th I think that's indicative <laughs> that's of Sony's attitude. They're trying to latch on to the MCU. They know that they can't float without it. I don't see them trying to take Spider-Man back because... They can't do it right. Sony was like, come on, we got a script for you, Venom. Tell us what you think, Kevin. He's like, Kevin's like, oh, this is interesting. Closes the door, goes to his MCU execs like, y'all read this shit? Ain't this shit funny as hell? This ain't garbage, son. Roasting the ass. This is straight trash. Look at this. Why does he have a Brooklyn accent? Nobody knows. This shit fucking stupid as hell. Damn, so Kevin Savage as hell. Kevin, you know Kevin Feige Savage. Oh, I'm. you gotta be in this business. Especially yeah. to be that type of producer. He read so many scripts and was like, this is trash. Don't ever come to my office again. Don't ever do that. Don't ever, don't text me. Don't talk to my son. Don't. don't give me that shit. I don't want to fuck it. They probably pitched him the Amazing Spider-Man. He was like, what the fuck? <laughs> is this trash? Why the hell is Rhino a fucking machine man now? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> we look, we'll just make it ourselves. We'll make Spider-Man ourselves. Thank you. Anyway, <laughs> with that being said, let's get into our next segment, Netflix Now. Now. Boom, boom. Netflix Now. So, your boy just moved. He's still broke. He's still getting his internet set up. But, that being said, I do know a few movies that I've watched on Netflix that aren't originals that you may not have heard of that are worth checking out. So I wanna, I wanna just pitch these to you real quick. Do you wanna see Scarlett Johansson not appropriate other cultures? Do you want some trippy as fuck sci-fi storytelling that relies on imagery? Is your aesthetic spooky man-eater? Then Under the Skin is the movie for you. In Under the Skin, Scarlett Johansson plays an extraterrestrial that disguises itself as a human female and drives around Scotland in a van trying to lure men to its lair. Now, this film is great. It's got a great pace. There's not a lot of dialogue, so it requires a lot of attention. But I gotta tell you, I was unsure about this film when I went into it and I came out 
just flabbergasted. It's got probably, I don't know if this is gonna be a selling point for you, but it has, without a doubt, one of the most jarring and unsettling on-screen deaths that I've ever seen, and there is not an ounce of gore. It's incredible, and it's incredibly inventive, and it's worth your time. It sits at about, if I recall correctly, about an hour and a half, hour 45, so it's an easy watch, and Scarlett Johansson does fantastic. It's just very creative and inventive, and it's probably unlike a sci-fi story you've ever seen. Also, speaking of sci-fi stories, do you like stories that make you think? Do you like weird shit that isn't weird for the sake of being weird, but has actual philosophical implications? Do you like Philip Seymour Hoffman? Then god dang, you need to check out Synecdoche, New York. This film, the best way that I can pitch it to you is to say that it defies explanation. If you're familiar with the screenwriter Charlie Kaufman, he sort of specializes in insane stories that transcend genre and really can't be surmised quickly and concisely. This film is essentially a trippy dramedy that explores the concept of art imitating life imitating art. It is fresh even by today's standards. It It's wild. It makes you think there's one particular moment in the film where I had to pause just because it's so subtly done that if you don't pick up on what's happening in this particular turning point in the story, you get immediately lost. And it's, it's not that it wasn't done well. It's done extremely well. I just personally had to take a minute to digest and understand. It's it's a film that's worth checking out, especially if you want, not if you want to feel happy. I'll tell you what, this is not a happy film. Neither of these films are happy films, but just for the experience alone, Synecdoche, just for the experience alone, Synecdoche, New York is definitely worth your time. And my friends, thank you for your patience. I will have my internet back starting tonight. So next week we will have some fresh new releases for you that I'll be talking about. But in the meantime, check out these two cult classics that might've flown under your radar. I think you'll like them. Woo woo! Oh, that was gurgly. <laughs> yep. Woo woo! Yeah. <laughs> That's the one I was going for. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Y'all do it. Y'all check out those cult classics. They're fucking amazing. We promise you. Too many flicks. Promise you that. Promises you that. Moving on to our trivia. Do you want to know something that we don't know? Sure. Here comes the trivia. Here we go. Okay. Okay. All right, so we're going to do some trivia here. Some trivia. Yeah, let's play some games. It's a 90s movie. Trivia. Boom! I'm ready, Ben. Are you ready? I'm ready. Who wants to go first? You want to go first? I'll go first this time. Okay. I think you went first last time. Okay, cool. Here's your question. Are you ready? Oh, I'm so ready. Give me this shit. in the hot seat. Okay. An asteroid is going to come crashing to Earth. In order to save the planet from destruction, a group of DC oil diggers are sent into space to demolish the asteroid from- Is this Armageddon? The inside. Name this movie. Deep Impact? Independence Day? The Day After Tomorrow? Or Armageddon? It's Armageddon, It's Armageddon. Come on. I knew that was easy, but I thought (laughs) Deep Impact might throw you for a loop because this is practically the same movie. Yeah, it's true. It is. Right, right, right. Okay, you got that one. That was a a give me, but- the next two are much harder. Yeah, yeah, it was a warm-up. Right. All right, I got one for you. Mm-hmm. Who originally owned the bad motherfucker wallet in Pulp Fiction? This wallet actually belonged to someone on the set. Who did it belong to? Samuel Jackson, Quentin Tarantino, Bruce Willis, or Uma Thurman? I can see Quentin Tarantino being arrogant enough to have that as a wallet. But I would like to think it was Uma Thurman. It was Tarantino, you're right. It he's was he's that arrogant. Okay, he, wow. He I had just... the wallet on set and he was like, I'm not going to throw this in the movie. I knew it! <laughs> I knew it. I should have gone with my Go gut. Go with the gut. Yeah, I was like, but it sounds like it would be just in case a curveball was thrown. Yeah, it was definitely Quentin Tarantino. I think I knew that, but I was, you know. 
All right, next question for you, Ian. When Neo, Keanu Reeves, experiences deja vu in the movie The Matrix, what animal does he see twice? A black cat. Damn, you're I'm on sorry. fire. You, yeah, I, I, this, this is my wheelhouse now. Oh, now wow, in. yeah, you didn't even let me finish the fucking thing? <laughs> he does, yeah. Okay, okay, here we go. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay in line with this because I actually have a Matrix question as well. Okay. The green scrolling code in The Matrix's opening is... Symbols from a sushi cookbook. The script all scrambled up. The text of Siddhartha in Sanskrit or random wingdings text that the production designer punched into Microsoft Word. The last one. The wingdings text? Yeah. It is actually symbols from a sushi cookbook. Oh, okay. The production designer scanned a sushi cookbook and had the symbols scroll past on the screen. Wow. Two, zero for two, and you're two for two. Okay, here we go. Yeah, go try to trip me up. I'm excited. What is the name of the town attacked by the sand creatures and tremors? Okay, here we go. Oh. Okay. Okay. Kingston Falls, Perfection, Haddonfield, or Hill Valley? Valley. I'm going to have to go with Hill Valley just because of... Is that your final answer? I'm going to lock in Hill Valley. It is actually Perfection. Damn! Yeah. And I knew... I was like, that yeah. sounds just sarcastic enough. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. You couldn't go... You couldn't, you couldn't run the uh Nobody's the perfect. Yeah, trick. yeah. But yeah, you, good one. God right. dang it. All right. I got my last one for you. You ready, Ben? Okay. Okay. What animals were used as the source recording to make the raptors scream? Was it horses breathing, geese hissing, elephants trumpeting, or tortoises mating? This is either geese or it's... Which one are you gonna go with? Geese. It was actually tortoises mating. They they, they toyed around with Zero geese. Zero for three, wow. They actually, so I threw in the elephants trumpeting because that was sort of a trick because they used that for the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Ah. They toyed around with the geese hissing, but in the end, the sound designer said that the tortoises mating was much more evocative. <laughs> As we can all see why. Okay, over three for me. Oh damn. <laughs> oh no. You want you want a redemption? Yeah, for fuck it, why not? All right, all right, all right. Let's let's try one more. One more. Um. Okay. Cool. In the movie American Psycho, Christian Bale. This isn't in the movie, rather. Christian Bale said that his inspiration for playing Patrick Bateman came from this actor. Was it John Cusack, Nicolas Cage, Jack Nicholson, or Tom Cruise? Jack Nicholson? No, 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 no. Is, is it is it Nicolas Cage? I'm still wrong. It's Tom Cruise. Wow. It's Tom Cruise. In That's an interview. An <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. In an insult uh, with David Letterman, Christian Bale is quoted as saying he was struck by, uh, he watched an interview, rather, where Tom Cruise was being interviewed by David Letterman and said he was struck by the very intense friendliness with nothing behind the eyes. Oh, holy shit. That's terrifying. Yeah, he roasted Cruise a little bit there, but Damn. that was his inspiration, was that David Letterman interview with Tom Cruise. Alright, cool. Well, I got zero for four. That's better, better luck next week, you yeah, know? Whatever. <laughs> whatever. I do no movies, but those are good questions. Okay, that's a wrap <laughs> for us. Thank you so much for tuning Thank in. You. We appreciate you all so, 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 so much. We hope you have as much fun listening as we do making this for you. Yep. It's always a treat. It's always a joy. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, we're going to do something right now to kind of give you guys an idea of what we do here. Uh, we love this so much. We love movies, obviously. And we know a lot of you may like our page, but we want to turn those likes into listens. We want you guys to give us a listen. Tell your friends. Tell their friends. Tell their mama. Tell their mama 
want him. Tell their daddies. Like, tell your dog. Fuck it. I don't care. We don't care. Tell your pets. Let them listen. Put yeah. put headphones on them. Yeah. And, and yeah, we want we want to have one of these be a hundred listeners. That's our goal. A hundred listeners. Not right. Not the whole goal of this, but that'd be great. <laughs> Within this year to get that. So please do this. We're working really hard to provide content. We love what we do. We just want more and more listeners and we want you guys to contribute as much as you can. And feel free to comment and subscribe. And again, tell your friends and their friends. And we'll put our faces more on things too to give you guys. So to get those yeah. listens. Yeah, exactly. You tell us what you want from us. What's what's more that you want to hear from? Are there segments that you really like? There are many, many ways to reach out to us with this information. We are constantly trying to evolve, change, streamline the show. We are adding in music transitions for the first first time because we had a listener request that and you know we're no musicians but we gonna give it our our best college try that's right we're down to clown but we're down for constructive feedback as well um yeah and where can the people find you on social media well you can find me on social media at btjenkins91 on Twitter and Benjamin Timothy Jenkins on Facebook if you feel so inclined. Ian, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at babygotknack or you can find me on Facebook if you feel like trying to spell Ian Muntner. There you go. And you can find us at, at Too Many Flicks on any social media platform. That's the number two yeah. and X at the end. Please, please like, subscribe, comment, like our YouTube page. We have these some of these videos on YouTube as well with clips and everything. Please like that. We want to build and build and build so we can do more and, and provide entertainment for you. You heard it here first, folks. Right. We are Too Many Flicks. And we watch all the flicks so that you don't have to. Holla back. <laughs> <laughs>